When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. Camps all over the league will be covered. Bucks receiver Chris Godwin back in action today for the first time. Mike Evans left practice with a possible hamstring injury. We'll keep an eye on that one. The Browns back on the field today, and Kevin Stefanski spoke for the first time since the appeal of Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. You'll hear more on that shortly. And how about this? Great to see Michael Thomas work back working at Saints camp. You can imagine how fired up fans are to see wide receiver one and head coach Dennis Allen expects him to be doing team drills soon. That is excellent news. As we say hello, welcome into NFL Live. You see them left to right on the big screen over there. Jeff Darlington and also Mike Tannenbaum on field days. We got Damian Woody here mm. in studio and did you guys hear football? Yeah. Is back at, at least sort of. So let's get right back to the highlight from last night, the Pro Football Hall of Fame game, Raiders and Jaguars. Josh McDaniel, Doug Peterson making their head coaching debuts with their new teams. Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence, uh, well, Derek Carr stretched at least, but that was the extent of physical activity from these two men. And Damian, all eyes on Trayvon Walker making his rookie debut for the Jaguars. How about this for your very first snap of your NFL career? Yeah, you don't like the penalty, but I like the, the speed, the power, the, the ability to get pressure on the quarterback. So. That's an encouraging sign. Just got to eliminate the penalty right here. Just 1.5 sacks last year. He proved he is a pass rusher early and often last night. Curiously, we saw a lot of Josh Jacobs early for the Las Vegas Raiders. He had seven total touches over the first two drives. Here's one of those touches. He carries it for 12 yards. And on the next Raiders drive, you see him get involved not just in the running game right here. And good, good push by the offensive line. That was a gaping, wide-open hole. But here he is on the next drive. Get involved in the passing game. Patriots love those screens. Lots of them coming to Vegas. That's well. that's a Patriots staple right there, the screen game. Teams that like to be aggressive up front and try to get up the quarterback. Oops. Not going to happen. This is chess. There is Jared Sinem, by the way, under center for the Raiders. He came over from the Patriots via trade. And once again, here's Trayvon Walker. There's the first sack in the books right there. Yeah, do you see the traits right there, right? The speed, the power, the long arm to get to the quarterback. That's got to be an encouraging sign for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not the Raiders starting left tackle. Colton Miller also a spectator last night. But still, good to get these reps and good to see some of the traits translating onto the field for Trayvon Walker. Under two minutes to go in the first half. The Raiders are leading 13 to nothing. They're looking to add more. And how about this? Third and eight from the 12-yard line. Jared Sidham says, me, pocket passer only? I'm a dual-threat quarterback, Damian, and that right there is six points. Yeah, you got to contain the quarterback. If you don't contain the quarterback, a good athlete will be able to go outside and make you pay. Much to the delight of his teammate Derek Carr, and there you see Josh McDaniels and Doug Peterson embracing after the game. Final score, Raiders 27, Jaguars 11. The Raiders now the only undefeated team in the NFL. Well, that is if you count preseason records. It was definitely exciting just to be out there, actual on the NFL roster, out there on the NFL team, playing with other NFL players is very exciting and uh, something that I'll always remember my first night. 1% better every day. If you get 1% better every day, then you can't get no worse than you already was. A lot of people uh, doubt me or whatever you may say. A lot of people support me as well, but 
I know who I am and I know the type of player I can be. So I'm just continuing to grow and show other people as well. All right, Mike, we just heard from Jaguars defensive end Trayvon Walker. What was your biggest takeaway from watching the first pick last night? His production was outstanding. And if I'm Jacksonville, I'm really encouraged for you because the only question about him as a prospect was his lack of production at Georgia. He had incredible measurables. He's a great athlete. He has great intangibles and character, but the one question as a prospect field was production. And you go back to last night, and as Dee Wood mentioned, we saw a couple of things. Speed to power here. I liked his get off. I, I liked his play strength. There's a lot to be encouraged, encouraged by. He had good awareness of where the quarterback was. So look, it's the first game. The level of competition isn't exactly stellar in terms of there were a lot of backups on the field, but he did have production, which is what's critical. And it's something for them to build on moving forward. Yeah, I mean, for me, Josh Jacobs, right? I mean, this is not some rookie. On? Yeah, I mean, Josh, Josh Jacobs is getting like a mm. full workload. Yeah. So all antennas went up with me was like, hmm, are you trying to feature him for, you know, some type of, you know, move that's coming up? Because, I mean, this is a guy where his fifth year, fifth year, year was declined. Yep. And so you're just thinking, why is Josh Jacobs getting all these snaps in the Hall of Fame game? Something, something to bear watching. Yeah, Devontae Adams watching from the side as an example. Damian, uh, you know, Josh McDaniel said after the game that ultimately he wanted to get these guys reps because they don't get that. They can't simulate it in practice. He said he likes to see his running backs in preseason games, but certainly raised a lot of eyebrows uh, in Las Vegas when you see a guy who, like you said, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and he's getting that kind of a workload. Not unprecedented for a back to get a workload in a preseason game, but certainly not something we see very often. So, very interesting uh, out of Josh McDaniel's first preseason game. Yeah, Mike T, I love, your, I love your perspective here, Mike T. When you've got one thing that's not like the others, as in Josh Jacobs playing with the likes of Jared Stidham and Tyron Johnson and other relatively unknown Raiders skill players, what would that tell you if you were an opposing GM? I think Diggy Wood nailed it. He is available in a trade. There's no other reason why you'd play your starting running back in a, let's face it, meaningless fourth preseason game when you have the rigors of a 17-game regular season field. So to me, this was definitely a message being sent that if you need a running back, Josh Jacobs is available, and he looks pretty good, by the way. Yeah, he did look good. He's a very productive, useful player who has one year left on his contract. We'll see if he plays it out with the Raiders. Uh, to the Jaguar side, and Trevor Lawrence did not play last night, but he did have the opportunity to catch up with Sal Pal Antonio, and Sal Pal asked him how he feels about the addition of his new head coach, Doug Peterson. We're pumped. I mean, just the, the leadership he's brought in, the energy, the, uh, but also the calmness, you know, the steadiness that he's brought. I think it's been great for our organization. And then really just the quiet confidence that he has. Um, he carries that every day, and the way he prepares the team, there's just a confidence that I think that we're that we have and that we're building in one another. What is the message that Doug has tried to deliver to you and your teammates this season? I mean, just take it day by day. Obviously, you know, the end goal, we want to win a Super Bowl one day, but we don't have our eyes on winning a Super Bowl every day. It's about getting better every day um, and working towards that. And I think if we can stack days consistently, we'll, we'll get to where we want to be. The only thing better than watching Sal Palantonio interviews is conducting an interview with Sal Palantonio himself. So we say hello to Sal Pal. <laughs> and Sal, what more can you tell us about your conversation with Trevor and Doug Peterson on his development? Well, Field, you heard the words that Trevor Lawrence used. Leadership, a calmness, confidence. 
And it's pretty clear that Doug Peterson is in the ear of this second-year quarterback. Same with Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator. But, and here's the big but, when I talked to Doug Peterson, Field Yates, he said he wants the point of emphasis to be in this training camp. Don't turn the football over. That's the number one thing. Don't put that offense in a bad situation. Don't put your defense and your football team on a short field. That's the one thing they've got to turn around from last year if they're going to be competitive for all 17 weeks of the season. Lawrence, of course, tied with Matthew Stafford for the most interceptions in the NFL last year. But let's focus on the Hall of Fame weekend, a great weekend in Canton, Ohio. And there are plenty of Hall of Famers in town this weekend. South Powell, what more did you gather on the ground there this morning? Well, it's always my honor to cover the Hall of Fame for ESPN. And I really like the day before enshrinement day because we get to go to the team hotel uh, and talk to the players Talk to the new enshrinees and some of the old guys who are coming in to take the photo that happens today at Centennial Park downtown. You see Jerry Rice checking into the hotel. There's Tony Dorsett. There's Harold Carmichael. And they get to interact with some of the new guys. And it's fun. It's interesting. And it's up close and personal. And I got to talk to a lot of them today. And one of them was Leroy Butler. Mm. Safety for the Packers in the 90s. And he explained to me on the day after Christmas, 1993, how he invented the Lambeau Leap. Listen to this. And as you know, Sal, back in Philly, Reggie would always lateral it to Eric Allen. That's my guy, Eric Allen. So I run over there, he laterals it to me, I'm running down the sideline, and I just remember the best thing I could do now, instead of doing a dance or doing something you know, weird, go hug an owner jump up they were surprised they're like why isn't this guy stopping but it's the ultimate celebration because you we love our fans so much and um to get a chance to high five and hug them was just truly amazing how will the packers do now that Devonte adams is gone and aaron Rodgers is on his own there they have a system when you have a system you really don't need a lot of all pro players but it would help but you have one of the best quarterbacks in aaron Rodgers. as long as aaron Rodgers is getting dressed they're going to win games. It's been my honor to be on the selection committee for 10 years, and a guy like Leroy Butler was in the all-decades team in the 90s. He's waited a long time. Same with Tony Baselli, all-decade team of the 90s. Dick Vermeil waited a long, long time. Guys like Richard Seymour, let's not forget Richard Seymour, won three Super Bowls with those New England Patriots. Those Super Bowls did not win themselves you know those trophies didn't come to new england on their own it's about time we got more of the patriots in we got ty law in now richard seymour i think willie mcginnis and our own teddy bruski middle linebacker on three super bowl titles he deserves a shot so this was a year we could get some guys in who have waited a long long time field yates very much deserved in south pal there is nobody in our company more deserving to be at the pro football hall of fame weekend covering it than you we appreciate not just what you do for us here but all of your contributions to this great game that we are all so honored to have the opportunity to cover we'll talk to you soon south pal Reminder that tomorrow we'll once again have that Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony for you on ESPN. In addition to who you just heard from, Leroy Butler, the class of 2022 includes Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, Sam Mills, as South Powell just mentioned, Richard Seymour, Dick Vermeil, Bryant Young, and official Art McNally, the father of instant replay. That's tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN and the app. Hey, some of the best video that you saw today on the internet or elsewhere came from training camp. 
Let's look, take a look at some ridiculous catches. And, Damien, I think Kyle Pitts might have 5,000 receiving yards this season. Tell, there's not a single player in the league that will be able to stop Kyle Pitts this year. Yeah, only, I mean, he is going to be the ultimate weapon. Only maybe perhaps his own quarterback play. That's the only thing that can slow him down, right? <laughs> That's it. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, from Atlanta to Buffalo, Stephon Diggs on a nice route. And it seems like he makes these things look way too easy. This is a one-handed catch that looks ridiculously simple. Did you see the stem at the top of that route where he just made made the, the defender just fall flat on his face? Yeah, there's a broken ankle. Get the card out for that guy right That's there playing right. defense. Let's go to Los Angeles and new Rams receiver Allen Robinson continues to make some ridiculous catches. Those two, Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson, can be dangerous this year. I am so glad that he's with a, a bona fide quarterback for mm. the first time in his career. And finally, Elijah Moore, a guy that you know well. You were recently at Jets training camp. He is clearly one of Zach Wilson's favorite targets. How's this for a one-handed snag? Hey, watch out. This guy's going to be a star. Sounds like Absolutely. He is He is a stud. He's, the, he's definitely the Jets' number one wide receiver this year. The talk of the town in New York Jets training camp and much deserved. Hey, coming up on NFL Live, we'll hear from Browns coach Kevin Stefanski for the first time since Deshaun Watson's suspension was appealed. What's his plan for quarterbacks at Brown for the quarterback for the Browns going forward? Hear that next and later. We're talking Cowboys with the recent injury to James Washington. Should Dallas pursue some outside help at receiver? Our resident GM says yes, but who? You'll find out. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to NFL Live. The Browns took the field again today with the Deshaun Watson appeal still pending from the NFL. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, had his first comment since the appeal, and he said they are still figuring out the plan for their preseason game a week from today against the Jaguars, and then added this on the overall quarterback play. But when it comes to the quarterback position, you know, the, the approach we're having, taking right now is we've got to get everybody ready to play. 
we got to get Deshaun ready to play. He hasn't played uh, football in a year. Uh, we got to get Jacoby ready to play. I mean, he, he's potentially going to be playing early for us and starting, and, and we're going to be counting on him. Uh, same thing for Dobbs and Rosen. Those, those guys have to be ready to play. So I just look at it as we're going to use every opportunity we have out here, individual drill, post-practice, during practice. we got to get all these guys ready to play. Obviously, we want to know what's going on and be done with it. I mean, I think that if any team was in that situation, that's what they want. But um, we, we got to, again, like I said, you know, worry about your individual thing and kind of let, let that be you know, handled by whoever's in charge of it. We now welcome in Jake Trotter from Cleveland. He's our NFL Nation Browns reporter. You were at practice earlier today, Jake. And what more can you tell us about the next step at quarterback for the Browns? Yeah, Field. So the Browns are waiting for some more clarity with this Watson situation before they do anything differently going forward. Concrete information was the way that Coach Kevin Stefanski put it today. So to this point, including today's practice, Deshaun Watson continues to get the reps with the ones. Jacoby Brissett still getting reps with the twos. Now, I can tell you that when the Sue Robinson's ruling first came down earlier this week, uh, and it was six games, a lot of people in the building behind me felt like, hey, we can go four and two with Jacoby Brissett. First month of the schedule is not particularly difficult. You get Deshaun Watson back week seven, and you're right in the mix in the AFC. But I can also tell you, Field, that had that initial ruling been much longer, that there would have been some discussions here about the possibility of a Jimmy Garoppolo trade. So now going forward with the NFL seemingly about to drop the hammer down on Deshaun Watson, will the Browns reevaluate that possibility? That's the question I'm going to be watching in the coming days. And I can imagine that Jimmy Garoppolo and his camp are going to be monitoring this situation in Cleveland as well. Jay, good stuff. You've been a very, very vital cog of our coverage all week from Cleveland. We appreciate you and see you again on NFL Live soon. And I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo is an interesting name to float about. He, of course, looking for a new home. But Mike Tannenbaum, what do you think the Browns should do at quarterback if this Deshaun Watson suspension is indeed much longer than six games, which appears very possible? Completely agree with the suggestion. I would get on the phone no. with John Lynch, and I would not get <laughs> off the phone and get a deal done to get Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's why. I like Jacoby Brissett. He's a good football player, but... We're talking about a 17-game season, and right now, assuming Deshaun Watson's not eligible to play this year, Josh Rosen or Josh Dobbs is literally one hit away from playing in very meaningful games for a team that has a chance to be really good. So why not fortify that position? And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I see this as an investment in my future as a free agent in 2023, and I think it's a place where he could play really good football. And there's still enough time where about over a month away from the regular season beginning. So I think there's a sense of urgency for Cleveland. And as soon as I heard that the NFL was going to appeal, I would be on the phone with San Francisco trying to get something done. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. I love you so much, Mike T. Why would Jimmy Garoppolo want to go into a situation like this? Why would he want to step into this building at a point when he is ultimately going to be a one-year rental? Knowing that, the only thing he does is risk exposure to a problem when he hasn't had a chance to even learn the playbook. I, I just don't think that there would be a good idea for Jimmy G, and I do think he'll have a say in this. Look, I know it's a good roster. It's a really good team. But ultimately, I think he'd be better off going to a place like Tampa, backing up Tom Brady once again in the Sunshine State, where a handsome fellow like him belongs, get down here, show everybody what he can do, and then hit free agency or stay with the Bucks and become the starter there. 
If you're a football player, you want to play football, and you have a chance to be a starter for the Cleveland Browns and play on a really good team or be a backup and not play, that's a no-brainer. And if you don't have a chance to start, yeah, of course, go to Tampa, hang out for a year, get go behind Tom. That makes sense. But this place, is, this situation is tailor-made for a good quarterback. When you think about Amari Cooper and this offensive line, David Njoku, two really good running backs, a great play caller on Kevin Stefanski. If I was Jimmy Garoppolo, I would pay them because it's an investment on what could be a massive contract next year as a free agent. Interesting. All right. I want to let Damian Woody break the tie here because we have two yeah, very divergent thoughts. What would you want to do if you're Jimmy Garoppolo? Go to Cleveland where you have, a, you have perhaps the best chance of being a starter. Would you rather wait things out for a different situation on, or D-Wood. potentially risk being a backup somewhere? Cleveland. Take your boy's side, D-Wood. Cleveland. Take your boy's side. I would go to Cleveland. Okay. I mean, listen, first of all, again, look at the roster. I mean, we, we, top to bottom, the Browns have one of the best rosters in the National Football League. Kevin Stefanski runs a version of the West Coast offense similar to Kyle Shanahan out there, okay? Mm-hmm. So the verbiage is not going to be anything that's going to be foreign to him. And ultimately, you want to play. You don't want to be a backup. Any player, you ask any player, they want to play. So what better opportunity to get back into free agency than playing football on a team that a lot of people think is going to be one of the better teams in the AFC? I would jump at that opportunity. Okay, so now we got Andrew Barry on the phone with John Lynch trying to orchestrate a deal between these two teams. But, Jeff, I think that the fact that you mentioned that Jimmy G is going to have a hand in this, do you get any sense whatsoever from your reporting on this story that Jimmy G's preference, I'm assuming it will be a start, but does he at least sound amenable to being a backup? I think he is amenable to being a backup. Now, of course, starting quarterback in the right situation is the preference. Uh, I just think he really would have to evaluate the situation where you know, you know absolutely, just as he felt last year when he was going into a lame duck situation in San Francisco, that you are not the guy there in the following year. So all the studies, all the preparations you're putting into it is very literally for a six-month span. Uh, Again, I understand the idea here that the, the 49ers have to unload him. They have made very clear to Jimmy that they want to do right by him. So I do believe he'll have a say in this. Maybe he ultimately does pick the Browns. Uh, I just think that he's going to be prone to want to pick a situation that is more stable long-term than just that. Well, on top of the fact that Tom Brady is basically year-to-year at this stage of his career, it's worth noting he's under contract for just one more season in Tampa. So be interesting to see that if he does have the opportunity to sort of choose his own fate at some point later on, would a reunion to play behind Tom Brady be enticing to Jimmy G? We shall see it as one of the un- resolved answers or questions, I should say, during NFL training camps. All right, speaking of training camps, we're going to Pittsburgh soon here on NFL Live. And who's running with the ones? Who's running with the twos? And we're talking quarterbacks. Head coach Mike Tomlin lets us know on where things stand. To wear the Cowboy star on my helmet. Continue the legacy of greatness. I do anything known to man to get in a Super Bowl. Everybody was like, get to the locker room, get to the locker room. Here comes Jimmy. He's celebrating, and we're all hugging Jimmy, which never happened. So I got up on the table, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? When you hear that, as I said, uh, you either love or hate the Cowboy fans, and it's usually warming my heart when I hear that. 
How about them Cowboys? Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott addressed the media for the first time since wide receiver James Washington went down with a foot injury on Monday. That leaves the Cowboys quite thin in a position that not long ago was an area of strength. Here's Dak. You're never going to catch me looking at anything in my life as a step back. Uh, you've got an opportunity to move forward. You've got an opportunity to grow. Uh, and if you don't do that, then you're in trouble and you, you, you're, you've already lost to begin with. So um, I just know, as I said, the young guys that we've got, the guys that we've already have that are going to step in and take on bigger roles. Um, I continue to say exciting, but, but that's what it is. Uh, and, and the reason is, is because I feel like a lot of you and people don't know necessarily what, what these guys are, what these guys can do, but I'm here for it. I'm going to continue to, to, to motivate them and continue to, to grow with them and to get better that uh, there isn't a fall off and it's actually uh, a, step, a step forward. So injuries to Michael Gallup and James Washington are expected to sideline both of them for the season opener. That leaves Dallas quite thin, as I was saying, at wide receiver. How about this? CeeDee Lamb has 11 career touchdown catches. The rest of the roster amongst wide receivers, a total of zero. That is ridiculous. All right, so, Damien, you saw those numbers in the Cowboys wideouts. Let's do a 1-10 to 10 scale. How concerned are you about the Cowboys offense right now? I'll go with like a 6. That's okay? it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not DEFCON 1 or anything like that, Okay. obviously, but there is a concern about the wide receiver depth with the Dallas Cowboys. The only other wide receiver that's caught a pass outside of C.D. Lamb is Noah Brown mm-hmm. uh, from Dak Prescott. So, you know, that's, really, that's a real concern. But it is early in training camp. You don't know what type of moves that the Dallas Cowboys could make to help supplement the wide receiver position. And uh, so, for me, like, yes, it's a concern. But there's plenty of time to make subsequent moves to help bolster this wide receiver spot. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes the solution comes from within from a standpoint of maybe it's Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott on the field together. Maybe there's a lot more of Dalton Schultz. CeeDee Lamb's a really good player. So while it's not ideal, they are going to get James Washington back. They are going to get Michael Gallup back, and they could add another receiver. I think this is about the greatness of Dak Prescott, who to me is by far the best quarterback in the NFC East. He will elevate the play around uh, with his teammates and the fact that they have two really good running backs and a really good offensive line takes some pressure off at the wide receiver position. Uh, but Mike, let's imagine they decide they want to go outside of the building here. Is there anybody that you think has a chance to impact this Cowboys roster in a particularly dramatic fashion? Odell Beckham Jr. He's the best football player on the planet, not under contract. And look, he's coming off of an ACL injury himself, but he will be back this season. And the last time he played in a game, guys, he was the best player on the field in the Super Bowl, including Aaron Donald. He still has a lot of great football in him. He's a difference maker. And I have signed players who have been hurt as a GM. You want to sign them ASAP so they can rehab in your facility, get to know the offense, go to walkthroughs. And he's a guy that could be a real difference maker for them coming down the stretch. Yeah, I've got the perfect guy they should trade for. They should give up a fifth-round pick to get Amari Cooper because that would just wow. be perfect for this offense right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, one of the most underrated storylines of this offseason is the Cowboys trading Amari Cooper, a guy who, because he was making $20 million a year, now would be, what, the seventh or eighth wide receiver, highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL, for a fifth-round pick. And now we're talking about bringing on Odell Beckham Jr. I understand hindsight is 2020, but man, the Cowboys desperately need Amari Cooper on their roster right now, and they should have him on there. 
Okay, well, the past is in the past, Damien. So let's try to make these things a little bit better going forward. Is Odell Beckham Jr. a logical target, in your opinion, for the Cowboys? Um, down the stretch, absolutely. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything for you right now. Right. Uh, you know, like Mike T. Pointed, pointed to, you know, just getting them in, in the building and, and going through walkthroughs and meetings and rehab, that's the upside. But right now, he, he doesn't help your immediate calls. And you also have Michael Gallup, who's still rehabbing from a torn ACL. Yeah, that seems to be the rub here is that by, like, the middle of October, you could have James Washington and Michael Gallup back on the field, and you still might not have OBJ at that point of the season. So, Mike, let's right. try a different solution. Maybe we'll look in-house <laughs> as opposed to outside of the house. Is there anybody on the roster that you think could yeah. add some versatility to this passing game? Field, I would put Tony Pollard in the slot. He is dynamic with the ball in his hands. He averages 6.2 yards per touch, which is the second best of any running back. And to get him in space, defensive coaches hate to try to contain players like Pollard because he's so dynamic from a run-after catch. So, like we discussed, Kellen Moore is very creative. Maybe him and mm-hmm. Zeke are on the field together. And putting Pollard in the slot with Dalton Schultz and C.D. Lamb that's a really good threesome in terms of players that can make plays in the passing game. So, again, not perfect by any stretch, guys, but I don't think the cupboard is bare in Dallas. No. All right, so Sal Powell. Sorry, <laughs> Mike T has uh, the idea here of Tony Pollard going in the slot. You buying it or no, Damian? You think that's uh... – no, I'm buying that. I think okay. he's a pretty, he's a pretty good athlete, yeah. and and you know the game of football is about getting your best athletes in space, right? And Tony Pollard is really good in space. So while he might not be a wide receiver by trade, yeah. he's a very good athlete, and those type of athletes cause problems for defensive players. Okay, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye on whether the Cowboys decide to address this wide receiver spot somehow externally. But for now. Sounds like perhaps they will look inward first. Let's go to a different team that's dealing with a wide receiver situation. This is some good news, though, as the Buccaneers had wide receiver Chris Goblin on the practice field for the first time since tearing his ACL late last regular season. It's awesome to see him making some progress for the Bucs. Hey, still to come here on NFL Live, Matthew Stafford is dealing with some discomfort in his elbow. How concerned should Rams be about their starting quarterback? Head coach Sean McVay breaks down their approach. Coming up next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Steelers have a three-man quarterback competition going, and head coach Mike Tomlin waiting with his latest thoughts as we play a little game of read and react. Here's Mike T. You know, 
I, I'm one that believes you have to work to play to your strengths and work to minimize your weakness. And that has always been a strength of ours. Now, it may or may not be a strength now. Mm -hmm. And so that's not a place we can hang our hat. And so, man, you just got to, whatever your makeup is, you got to work to minimize your weaknesses and play to your strengths. And so guys have acknowledged that that may or may, that's in question. And so um, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but I think it brings the best out in all of us. All right, so from Mike T to our Mike T. Mike, who do you think wins the job in Pittsburgh? I think it's going to be Mitch Trubisky this year, and then longer term, it'll be Kenny Pickett. I don't think they believe in Mason Rudolph, because if they did, they wouldn't have added two quarterbacks. And I think Mitch Trubisky is one of these players' field. He'll be better in games, make plays with his feet. He's a really good athlete, so I like Trubisky for this year, and I really like Kenny Pickett long term. Jimmy G is still a 49er. He's continuing to work on his shoulder rehab. Here's his current head coach, Kyle Shanahan, on where things stand. I mean, Jimmy wanted to be in every single meeting and wanted to do everything. For sure, we would let him. Um, I would guess that isn't what he would want totally. And when we asked him, that was accurate. He didn't totally want that. So he's just trying to get his body ready for um, hopefully the next situation he get, goes into. All right, Damian, what is the next situation for Jimmy G? I think a couple options you have to look at is the Cleveland Browns or maybe the Seattle Seahawks. We know that Ooh. Pete Carroll loves to has this mantra of, of competing, but I think Jimmy G's got to look at his situation and say, you know what, what gives me the best opportunity you know, after this year to kind of reestablish myself as a starter in Cleveland would be an awfully appealing opportunity if Deshaun Watson is suspended for the whole year. Matthew Stafford's right elbow has limited so far this limited him so far this preseason, so the red flag isn't entirely up yet for concern, but head coach Sean McVay dug deeper on what he's currently dealing with. It's a little bit abnormal for a quarterback. You know, some of this stuff is, is things that, you know, MLB pitchers deal with. And so it is something that, you know, we're kind of learning about on the fly and, and his feedback and really trying to just figure out, okay, how do we get the best plan in place to try to minimize some of the things that he was having to push through, also giving him the confidence that, hey, I can really just, you know, let it go, not have to worry about it, play to the best of my ability. Now, like I had mentioned, you know, I don't know when you've gotten as much experience as Matthew has. Uh, and he would be way better equipped to talk about it than I would. Jeff, any concern here in L.A.? I mean, I feel like uh, Sean is being pretty honest there. And my guy, you know, the guy who told us for a year that Todd Gurley was just fine. That's, you know, a little hate on him for that. I love the guy. But, but I, I think that this is a scenario where ultimately they are putting him on a program to make sure that he's healthy for 18 weeks. And ultimately, I don't think that they have. The utmost concern, he is still throwing in seven-on-sevens and individuals. It's just team drills for now that he's sitting out of. I think it's a concern, guys, because when you think about the fact that they lost Austin Corbett, uh, Andre Whitworth, and then you think about the skill players, you know, losing Robert Woods, obviously OBJ, Sony Michelle, even though you have the same play caller, head coach, and quarterback, D. Wood, you know this, just getting the cadence and the rhythm, getting out of the huddle, all the little nuances that make offenses great, you, you could be losing some of those meaningful reps. And we're talking about early August here, so the fact that it's the elbow on your starting quarterback, I would be concerned. Well, part of the concern here is that the Rams' depth chart behind Matthew Stafford, not exactly filled with Hollywood-level right. names. So, Jeff Darrington, it's time to play a little game of trivia, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but them's the rules. Oh. Three of these names are current Rams quarterbacks. Oh, no. Well, one of them is not. Oh, no. Who is the fake Rams quarterback? Here are the options. John Wolford, Mackenzie Brooks, no Luis idea. Perez, Bryce Perkins. Oh, I only 
I, I only know, dude, I'm like a more of a Tom Brady kind of guy. Like, I, I usually want them to succeed before I get to know them. This is tough. I mean, I you you venture a guess? Stop tap dancing. I don't know. Okay, well, say, here's the answer. Just give Bryce us a Perkins. shot. Bryce Perkins. Okay, Bryce Perkins. Bryce no, Perkins. Bryce Perkins was the man back at UVA. Now he <laughs> plays quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. The answer is Mackenzie Brooks. And if you're wondering how I found that name, Mackenzie Brooks works here at ESPN Stats and Information as an intern for the summer. Mackenzie Brooks, believe it or not, not a backup quarterback on the Los Angeles Rams. That's all for Mr. Chad. Jeff, I'm not going to cut it on Jeopardy, my friend. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about the Dolphins after the break. And I don't know who their third-string quarterback is. Perhaps Jeff Garlington is. I don't know if their starter is. It's Tua, and he's not phased by the outside noise. I think the team's all in with, with me and all the guys that we have now. You can stay home, you can stay good ride. You can get sand or stay inside. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game with the season right around the corner. Get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. And by the way, listen to the Fantasy Focus. New on NFL Live, the NFL, NFLPA announced just moments ago we have filed our reply brief to the NFL's appeal regarding the Deshaun Watson matter. This was the expected next step in the process. The matter is now in the hands of Peter C. Harvey, who will make a final decision on how long Deshaun Watson will be suspended and whether there will be a fine as well in this situation. Let's go to the Dolphins, who have brought in quite a surrounding cast to support Tua Tungabailoa this offseason. But as the team works in training camp, the league docked the Dolphins a first-round pick and fined owner Stephen Ross for tampering. That included exploring bringing in Tom Brady multiple times. Tua reacted to the news earlier this week. Everyone heard about it uh, yesterday when we went into the locker room, seeing it on the TV. Um, for me, I, I have no idea about all the details other than what was shown on TV with the $1.5 million fine, something happening with Brady. I, I mean, I don't know all the details. I don't even know what happened. I got to talk to a couple of the guys, find out what was going on, and everyone's wondering the same thing. I'm not too sure. I remember I came in 2020, so whatever happened in 2019, I can't even speak on that. I was here 2020, and I'm still here, and I'm blessed to be here. You know, If it has to do with support from the team, I think the team's all in with, with me and all the guys that we have now. Mike T, we've talked a lot about the pressure this season to cement to his job as the quarterback of the future in Miami. What do you believe a successful year for him looks like? First of all, he has to play in 17 games. He has to be durable. And he has to get the ball down the field with consistent accuracy. He was 23rd in the league last year in yards per pass attempt. And the Dolphins have done a great job of surrounding him with a lot of great weapons, most notably Tyreek Hill. They drafted Jalen Waddell. They have Mike Kosecki at tight end. Players like Raheem Mostert at running back. So all the pieces are there for Tua to be successful, but he has to be durable, and then he has to be productive, getting the ball down the field with consistent accuracy. If he does that, the table is set for him to have a really good season. Yeah, I think that this is a scenario where Mike McDaniel, the coach who is now there, not Sean Payton, not Brian Flores, (laughs) is all in on Tua. He believes that this is among the most talented people that he's been around and really the most talented quarterback that he's had. And, yes, that does include a pretty good list. Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, different guys uh, that he's been around. So I think that from that element alone, the team is placing the support system around Tua to find out exactly what they have. 
you know, what happened before and what's going to happen next year without one of those two first-round picks remains to be seen. But for now, they are all into it, and I truly do believe that. Scott, he got to stay on the field. Okay. You know, that's been the, the thing we talk about with Tua is his availability. We talk about that all the time. And just be a point guard out there. Yeah. You know, watch NBA, the great point guard. Distribute the ball. They got a four-by-one track team at the skill position. Distribute the ball. Let the, let the playmakers make plays for him. If he can do that and, get, and help get this team to the postseason, That'll shut up all this noise that, that we hear out here. You know, Mike T, I tend to think mm -hmm. the noise is probably a little bit too loud surrounding Tua's job security. He's done some good things when he's been on the field, but they signed one of the league's best backups this offseason in Teddy Bridgewater. We're all focusing on what's happening in 2023, but how does Tua have to hold on to his job this year? Like, is there a possibility that we could see Teddy Bridgewater step in like Ryan Fitzpatrick did in recent seasons in Miami? Of course, Teddy Bridgewater is a really good football player, and I think there's a sense of urgency for Tua to get off to a good start early in the year. That'll tamp down the noise. Go play good football. Everything else goes away. Teddy Bridgewater, what they may do next year, none of that really matters. Like, just go out there and play the way you can play. You are the fifth pick overall for a reason. The team believes in you, and you have a great opportunity. I've known Mike McDaniel for a long time, and I would say that I'd be very surprised if he pulled the kind of move that Brian Flores did, where he replaced two on a couple of different bases with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, don't, I think that this is a situation where McDaniel works a little differently. He is going to support and empower Tua as much as he possibly can. I'm not saying that eventually, if this team is successful and Tua is holding them back, that they wouldn't make a quarterback change. But in terms of like on a week-to-week -week basis, this is a scenario where... Mike recognizes, I got to be in with this guy. I have to empower him. That is the way that he is going to respond best. So while I'm not disagreeing with Mike, ultimately they could make the change. It would be in a much more conventional way than they did under Flores when they were kind of in and out with Tua, with Fitzpatrick on the side. This is our first time seeing Mike McDaniel as a head coach. What are your expectations, Damien, about what this offense is going to look like? I think it's going to be simple. Listen, he was a, the run game coordinator, kind of the brains behind that, that run game in yep. San Francisco. So I expect them to first and foremost run the ball. You know, when you're able to run the ball and you got guys like Raheem Moss in the backfield, explosive backs, boy, that can take a lot of pressure off your quarterback and then set everything up, set everything else up with those explosive guys on the outside. So I think first and foremost, they want to run the football. They certainly do. They did that very effectively in San Francisco. What do you got here, Jeff? I was just going to say three words, yards after catch. It's all about getting guys in space. Running the football, yes, but also getting guys in space. It's not necessarily about the deep ball as much as it is yards after catch. But some deep balls would be nice for Tyree Kill. He is the fastest man in the NFL. So I'd be cool with seeing at least a couple of those. Maybe I'm speaking because of <laughs> Spoken my like fantasy. a true fantasy expert. <laughs> yes. Hey, Jeff Darnton, my fantasy brain is speaking for me right now. You know, it's a big day here. At ESPN, as the Ocho is on ESPN2 all day. Check it out to see all the wackiest competitions out there. There will be the Corgi races, kickball, and the Pop Pogapalooza Cup. And that is Jake Cutler right there, by the way. Just threading needles, him and Doug Flutie. Apparently two of the best cornhole players in the American Cornhole League. Wait a minute, is this real? Is this live? This, this is live. This is live, so but do me a favor. Don't go over there that yet. I'll tell you what, Jay is smooth with it. That much is for sure. But don't go over to ESPN2 just yet. But it did get us thinking about some of the wackiest sports workouts and competitions we have ever seen. And let's take a look at some of them. When we start with James Harrison 
who's getting in shape by playing volleyball with a medicine ball in James Harrison Ford in James Harrison form. Damien, this dude is a freak. Yeah, scratch all that. That's that's too much for me. If we it's one thing to like toss a uh, I don't know a frisbee or something like that. He's, he's tossing damn medicine balls. He like is that dude is on another level. Absolute beast. Here's Aaron Donald just playing with knives. Also very normal behavior there, Damien. Uh, yeah, what is he, uh, like Michael Myers, like uh, working out with Michael Myers? With I got nothing on this or man. Like he is absolutely absurd. This is the outro. Here's Eli, who's looking like more athletic than people give him credit for right there. Kind of like Steph Curry ball handling drills right there, huh? Yeah, I mean, listen, th th this one is, this might be the most surprising of the bunch right there because I didn't I didn't know Eli had that had those type of moves. And Eli's pretty slick right there. Jameis has given us so much content over the years. Here we go. First of all, he's avoiding a heavy bag. That nearly got him in the face. And here he is channeling his inner Deion Sanders as he's taking some swings. But what is he actually swinging right there? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't stay know, loose. I don't I know what told. the hell Jameis is doing right now. And just when you thought he was done playing with bags, he's got not just speed bags, but heavy bags here. He's trying to avoid them like you were trying to avoid Via Vita Vea and uh, the rest of the Bucks. <laughs> Pass rushers this year, Jeff. <laughs> Can we just get back to Jay Cutler playing cornhole right now? Can yeah, I want to see that. that. That's and, what I want to see. Why is he not smoking cigarettes and, uh, and, and drinking cold beer? Because I it's feel like... It's possible, like, Jeff, like, that he I is. We just didn't going, see it right now. I'm going to pour a cold Look beer right that. after the show. The Ocho baby. all day on ESPN2. I'm telling you, you're going to see some weird stuff. That includes corgis. And who else wouldn't want to see a corgi race, right? By the way... On ESPN, you've seen some weird stuff involving Damien and myself. What have I done? Where is my pride gone? My dignity? What is going on? <laughs> Funny story. Miles Garrett did that, and then Damien did it like two weeks later. Miles Garrett's a cyborg. Damien tossed me around like a ragdoll. Miles Garrett could not quite bench press me as effectively as D. Woody. This man. You hear that, Mike T? That's right. You hear that, Mike T? NFL Live. Don't Talk care. to you later.